You're listening to a Shockcast original. Shock. Hello and welcome to the Podball Sportscast, the podcast that is taking instructions from Ralph Reinick via earpiece. Today we have Nicholas John. Hello, hello. Ralph told him that high pressing is not code. <laughs> we also have Karami Kamil. Uh, the only person who's worse at the high press is Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> What's happening, guys? I am Faisal American. The only press I know is the coffee press or the sandwich press. Definitely not the bench press. <laughs> <laughs> you know me too well, dude. <laughs> We had some uh, midweek Premier League action uh, this week and uh, the big one was the Merseyside derby. Liverpool beat Everton 4-1 at Goodison Park. Now, unlike the previous fixture last season, no players suffered serious injuries. The only thing wounded was the pride of Everton supporters. Everton winless in eight matches. Uh, guys, do you see uh, Rafa Benitez's time coming up soon? That could be a very real possibility, you know, because the Toffees are now 14th in the standings and only five points away from the relegation zone. It, it's not where they want to be at this point of the season. And they've got the busy Christmas and New Year holiday period coming up as well. Matches are going to come fast and hard and they can't afford to drop points. But... Benitez, like you said, just doesn't seem to be able to get the best out of his players at the moment. Uh, and, and I would not be surprised that if things don't change uh, in the next few matches, that Rafa could find himself out of out of a job in, in 2022. Yes, and Everton are winless in their last eight matches. So things are really not looking good for Rafa. I still think that his decision of letting go James Rodriguez was not a wise one. I don't know why, because we know uh, James do have the quality to to help Everton for the long run. But, well, he got it wrong again, Rafa. Now, after the match, um, Rafa claimed that uh, Liverpool's recent success was down to their spending, uh, only to be pointed out that Everton actually spent more than Liverpool over the last five years. Now, I actually looked it up and it's true. Everton spent about... 500 plus million pounds compared to uh, Liverpool's 430 million and the net spend is a higher too. So as the silly statements go, this was almost on par with uh, Rafa's facts rant about Alex Ferguson. You guys remember that, right? <laughs> this, he is, uh, I think he's got a bad case of uh, foot and mouth disease. He, he has done little to endear himself to just football supporters in general over the years. First, there was his comment about Everton being a small club and then now he takes a jibe at Liverpool for their spending. Uh, I, I think he just needs to take a good hard look at himself and, and his team and get his, you know, his house in order first. Un unless this whole thing is just a ruse, you know, he's just trying to divert attention away from how crap Everton have been this season. <laughs> <laughs> you should take some pointers from Mourinho. At least he knows how to successfully divert attention away from how bad the team is. Respect, respect, Sri, Sri. <laughs> <laughs> And you've got to love the fans in this match. Uh, Liverpool supporters were actually singing Rafa at the wheel. <laughs> Remind you of anybody? Of course it does. Of course it does. It wasn't, it wasn't long ago, Faisal. <laughs> 
Which brings us to uh, Manchester United. They had a 3-2 win over Arsenal. They left it late to win. Cristiano Ronaldo scoring a brace late in the game, uh, meaning he's now scored uh, 800 competitive goals. Yes, and what can we say more about Ronaldo? We know his qualities and we know that he's 36, 37 and he's still delivering the goals, scoring goals, delivering the goods for his team. Like I said before, he's just the good. But United's performance wasn't really that good in that match, in in my honest opinion. Because Arsenal, I think, dominated for a big portion of the match. And I don't know, United just got lucky. Again, Fred was... Fred was having an up and down game, you know. <laughs> Fred was Fred lah. Fred, Fred was, was yes. Fred. Fred was Fred. He he was the cause for the first goal, uh, for Arsenal's first goal, and then somehow, somehow, guys, he assisted uh, Bruno Fernandez's equaliser, and then he he was back to himself. So it was an up and down game, but a win is a win, and I have to say it was a good win for United after going winners for like what the last three matches, four, three, four matches. Mm-hmm. And, and wasn't it Fred who earned the penalty that, that Ronaldo converted in the end? Yes. So, <laughs> so come busy on, day for Fred in the <laughs> office. <laughs> Meanwhile, United had more good news as uh, interim boss Ralph Rangnick finally got his work visa. This means he'll be in charge for this weekend's match against Crystal Palace. Uh, we talked previously that Ronaldo doesn't press right. Recently, uh, Michael Carrick said he's sure that uh, Ronaldo will adapt. He is a model professional and uh, he's used to taking orders he's used to playing under a wide number of coaches and uh, different coaching styles do you see him adapting or uh, will he just fade away I, I do not think he will fade away. I think he is, as a professional and as a very talented professional footballer, capable of adapting to some degree. Uh, but whether that is good enough for the system that uh, Rangnick wants to employ at United, that one uh, is yet to see. But I think um, just based on his professionalism alone, we have to give him the benefit of the doubt, give him a few games, see if he is capable of... of, of uh, playing the kind of style that, that Ragnik wants. Look, this guy has got 800, 801 goals over his career. Um, no matter what, whether he presses or not, I think Rangnick cannot ignore the importance of, of having a player as important as Ronaldo in his team. Ralph, if you're listening, please uh, change your style. <laughs> <laughs> to suit Ronaldo. <laughs> Chelsea also had a come-from-behind win. That is not code. 2-1 um, victory over Watford. Man City... 2-1 victory over Aston Villa. Tottenham, 2-0 win over Brentford. Bottom of the table, Newcastle are still winless this season. They had a one-all draw with Norwich. At this rate, it looks like Newcastle are definitely going down, right? They are at this rate, but I'm still hoping for some positive results for Newcastle after the uh, January transfer window. I hope that Eddie Howe can can get some players in to help the team because they have money now, right? So that should help them a lot towards the end of the season. And can you imagine if they have the money right now and they just got relegated at the end of the season? Then then, <laughs> then what? <laughs> then what? Are they going to get Khalil Mbappe to play in the, in the first division <laughs> with them? <laughs> Now, more Premier League matches are happening this weekend. Uh, Chelsea are away at West Ham. Liverpool travel to Wolves. Manchester United host Crystal Palace. Uh, Watford are at home to Man City. Tottenham take on Norwich. And Everton are up against Arsenal. 
So be sure to catch your favorite team in action on Astro. Also happening in midweek, uh, the Ballon d'Or. Now, depending on your royalties, the result was controversial. Uh, Lionel Messi took the men's prize. I'm guessing his campaign at the uh, Copa America played a big part in this, right? Or the only part in the uh, decision. <laughs> yes, I, I agree. I think the Copa America tipped it in, in his favor. Because if you look at the stats, if you look at the performance performances and all that... Uh, Robert Lewandowski has been more prolific and more consistent for Bayern Munich and Poland over the past calendar year. Messi, on the other hand, he had a, a good season with Barca at the tail end of last season, but has struggled to replicate that form uh, with his new club PSG. So the only thing that Messi has that Lewandowski has not is the Copa America, a major trophy. So uh, I think that's what uh, tipped it in, in Messi's favour. But that is, again, the problem with these sort of awards, isn't it? Because there's no clear criteria or clear measurement for how one player is supposed to be better than another. So ultimately, it boils down to being a, a, a very subjective, almost almost like a popularity contest, you know. So as long as you know it, it remains like this, we will continue to have contentious uh, winners in the future. Well... It is a popularity contest, isn't it? I mean, it's voted by journalists, so I'm sure that uh, all the South American journalists got together and voted for, for Messi. Messi. <laughs> it's kind of like how uh, we Malaysians uh, just simply vote for any Malaysian in any poll. <laughs> <laughs> well, but the thing is, they're supposed to, they're journalists, and they're supposed to be more, you know, informed and, and you know make more knowledgeable decisions. So you know, it, it should not be just oh, I'm yes, they are right knowledgeable now. and impartial. And I look like Brad Pitt. Well. <laughs> we all have our biases. Uh, finally, the Saudi Arabian F1 GP is happening this weekend. And by the end of it, Max Verstappen could be crowned world champion. That is, if he plays his cards right, if uh, all the planets are in the correct alignment, and if his uh, tea leaves uh, settle at the bottom of the cup in the right way, right, Nick? <laughs> yes, he needs all those things to fall into place for him. Uh, okay, basically, it's like this. If he finishes lower than second in Saudi Arabia, then he does not win it here. The, the title fight goes to uh, Abu Dhabi in the final race of the season. Uh, there are still some other permutations. You know, he if he wins and Hamilton is outside the top five or if he finishes second and Hamilton finishes lower than ninth, you know, that, that, that sort of thing. It would appear to me that the title race now is in more in Hamilton's hands than anything else. And, and if he can continue the form and, and the performance that he had in Qatar, I don't see him finishing outside the podium places. So it'll depend on Hamilton, barring any uh, unforeseen accidents or, or you know mishaps or technical issues and all that. He should or finish on the intentional crashes. Or, or intentional <laughs> crashes, yes. Uh, I, I don't see him finishing outside of the podium places. So in all likelihood, we could be uh, seeing the title race go down literally to the in, in uh, Abu Dhabi. Mm. By the way, who do, you, who do you guys have to win to win the title this season? Uh, I personally, I, I, I'm either way on this one, right? I, I would like to see Verstappen win his first world title, but then at the same time, I also wouldn't mind seeing Hamilton becoming like the most successful F1 driver in terms of titles. But the most important thing here is that we are seeing uh, a really good, really hard-fought uh, title battle that's going like right down to the final few races of the season, which is what we want to see in F1. You know, we don't want like a boring processional kind of thing. So in terms 
of of entertainment value this season has been awesome. Yeah, I totally agree with Nick. Uh, personally, I don't care about the uh, winners so much because the season has been so awesome. Um, it's been a while since we've seen such a competitive season. I mean, instead of just having one team dominate, right? So, yeah, in my case, it's more of uh, the journey being more important than the destination. With that, we've come to the end of another Potball Sportscast. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, next episode, we'll be talking about the uh, BWF World Tour Finals. So, be there or be square. Or in my case, be round. <laughs> I am Faisal American. <laughs> I am Karami Kamil. <laughs> and I am Nicholas John.